Welcome to another episode of Third and Wine. I'm so excited to be back for another week of, you know, this podcast. It's been so fun this summer. You know, we're on our 11th episode. You know, we kicked off 10 two weeks ago. And, you know, football is getting really excited. We are in the midst of camp and we have a game tomorrow night. I know it's a Hall of Fame game, but still, we've got football on our TV coming at you live tomorrow. So I'm so excited This week, I'm tapping into the Bills Mafia fan base, and I'm so excited to have, you know, two amazing fans for the Bills Mafia on with me. We connected through Twitter, obviously. I think that's a huge trend with many of my guests I have on, but without further ado, I'm so excited to have the guys from the Bills Chat podcast on. Luca, Josh, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Third and Wine. So why don't we get into it and do some introductions so the two of you introduce yourselves and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the podcast in a little bit, um, but you can also plug where to find you guys and where to, to find the podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go first. I'm Josh McCarty and I'm the co-host of the Bills Chat Pod. And I actually don't live in Buffalo. I live in St. Louis. That is one of the many differences between Luca and I. I think the differences between us are are what kind of makes our show work. Um, So yeah, I've been a Bills fan my entire life. Actually, funny story for Giants fans out there. I was eight years old. I've lived in St. Louis my entire life. I was watching a Bills playoff game in 1990. They were playing the Dolphins. My dad said, whoever wins this game is our team. So my fate could have gone a completely different direction. Two two weeks later, the Bills lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Shout out to the Bills. Yeah. T-shirt I'm wearing. So I wasn't even born yet. Oh, yeah. I, just I, was born, age. I was born. No, I was born in 1991. So I, well, the d- dates do not, I'm not a Super Bowl baby. I've done the calculations, but I think I was a really good season Giants baby. My parents were very happy that season. So I think that is why I'm here today. So thank you to the New York Giants. <laughs> Um, and for me, I am Luca. Uh, I have a very long, complex name, but I just go by Luca because it's a lot simpler than that. I do live in the Buffalo area. As Josh said, we have a lot of differences, but the thing that unites us, of course, is being Bills fan naturally. And um, essentially, I was not even born yet myself when the Giants and Bills played their Super Bowl, but I grew up in a household where the Bills were one of everything. Um, I am a hockey fan, massive hockey individual myself. So the Sabres are very close to my heart. And I actually technically first NFL game I ever went to was Cowboys Cardinals out in Arizona when I was a kid. So I grew up kind of as a Cardinals fan, came back home to Buffalo. I was born in Buffalo, had a bit of a a situation. And then the Bills kind of just won my heart back over, um, over the years and things like that. And then eventually Josh and I kind of just decided, Hey, Let's do this whole podcast thing. I kind of kicked it to him and we we just been running with it ever since. And it's been a lot of fun. How did you guys meet each other? So Luca and I actually met, as strange as it sounds, in a Madden league. So we were in a video. Okay. Game I actually know people that have done that. And I actually, I was at a wedding about a year ago and one of the people in the wedding knew, knew him from like a live game situation. Yeah. So it's very common. It's kind of like fantasy football, right? So you right. meet only in this case, we met each other in the league, but it's actually been that league that's kept us in contact over the oh, I years. Love that. that was 10 years ago, but it was our excuse to talk. And then, you know, we made other friends that are Bills fans in that league. And uh, we've been friends ever since. And that's kind of the the genesis of our podcast, Bills Chat, because we would all be on this Discord chat, like, oh, the Bills traded for Stefan Diggs. And right. we'd all just chat about it all day long. We're like, we should just turn this into a podcast. And here we are. Oh, I love that. So I actually, I had a podcast um, prior to this. So Third and Wine is new. It's a it kind of a morph from another one. And it was, it was called uh, The Real Football Fans of New Jersey. Um, and that was with me and my best friend. And we just constantly talked about 
the Giants and football. And like one day we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, why are we not doing this as like a live stream or podcast? So we went on to do it for five and a half years. So, I mean, it definitely, it makes sense, but I love that. So what, I mean, how you, you know, you said Bill's chat came from the discord, you know, are there any other details behind the scenes of how the pod got started? Yeah. I mean, so really it kind of, not, not to toot my own horn here, but I kind of got a little bit motivated with it. So as That's he fine. mentioned, as Josh mentioned, you know, we had a lot of talk in a discord. People didn't want us in the main chat with a bunch of everyone else watching it, talking and blowing it up with Bill stuff, particularly. So we then created our own little sub thread there and we would just do this nonstop, nonstop. And then all of a sudden, Josh and I just kind of overtook that thread. So eventually just kind of out of nowhere, I was just kind of feeling, I work in a commercial audio video world. I work. Mm -hmm conferencing stadium auditorium audio everything like i do all of this kind of stuff and i was like kind of want to get into production kind of do that because i do it professionally as it is and i i looked at josh i'm like josh we we should try to do this and all of a sudden next thing you know i'm like josh i bought a microphone josh I bought a <laughs> josh i did this. i was the same way i did this when like, we first started you know, yeah <laughs> we're like we just got to come up with a name we just got to come up with a name and we were going crazy i woke up one morning this is not a joke we were like we don't like any of these name options we're doing i'm like josh we're overthinking this we're just bill's chat what we do yeah. on discord that's what we're gonna do i looked it up no one has this name and we just took it from there and we just kind of went with it we didn't care where it went from there we just wanted to have fun with this because as josh even mentioned during the madden days josh would actually do kind of like fun little things with our madden connected franchise where he would kind of take over and describe how the season's going have a couple co-hosts and stuff like that and i was like josh you do you did perfect with that let's try it out in podcasting and here we yeah. are I love that. Have you guys ever met in person? Not yet. So uh, there was a chance to go out to the Bills Packers game last season, but schedules didn't line up. Mm -hmm. And then my guy Luca actually got married. Uh, what is it now? Two months ago. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, coming up on two months. Yeah. Great. Two months ago. Oh, he did ask me like if he should celebrate his one month anniversary. <laughs> and I was very quick to tell him, do not go down that rabbit hole because that will never end. You stick to the years, buddy. Uh, <laughs> But it um it was at the same time that my family vacation was going on. So not yet, but but soon. Okay. Soon. All right, soon. Well, I hope to see it. I hope to see it on Twitter, post about it. I will be following you guys along the way. Um, so I have a list of questions for you guys. If you are tuning in though live on Twitter, um, YouTube, and I see a ton of people on YouTube, thank you. Or Facebook, if you have any questions for these guys, go ahead and pop them in and I'll get them over to them as I see fit throughout the episode. But real quickly, I always am curious about everyone's setups and things like that. So you guys have two great pictures behind you. So I would love to just understand why you chose to have each of those pictures behind you. So Luca, I'll start with Ooh. you. That's a nice little floppity hop pick from Josh Allen there. I don't yeah, think I, so... my legs spread that way. I'm trying to, <laughs> my arms do, my legs do not spread that way. So good for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when we decided to start this whole podcast thing and start the Bill's Chat podcast, um, I kind of was excited about it and everything like that. And I have some inner working connections uh, with certain individuals that through a couple different avenues and stuff like that, I have this picture that I am now hanging in my office behind me, but then another one of a different hurdle, the one in Kansas city that I then gave to mm -hmm. Josh. Um, oh, and that through that, great, we were, both, I was able to, yeah. So I was able to get them both, you know, marked up with a beautiful little signature, of course, right that. underneath it and stuff like that. And it was kind of a, hey, we're in this and like, let's do this and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful framework to have. And then, you know, if the day comes as we keep doing this and we're able to develop, say, a studio or something like these can become our centerpieces. These can become the thing we look back at as the start of something special. So Love that's it. that's kind of what's that. And then everything else is just all my other fandom and stuff, because, as I said, I got a bunch of signed pucks and things. Big Liverpool person. Shout out Liverpool FC. Their season starts nice. next week, stuff like that. So just kind of showcasing everything. Yeah. But of course, the main centerpiece being Josh Allen, the one and only himself. All right. Well, not Josh Allen, but Josh mm -hmm. McCarty. What about you? <laughs> Oh yeah. So my setup is very much a work in progress. It is something that I've been wanting to upgrade as we've been going along here. I realize it's kind of clunky, but, um, this, this bills logo over my head, I think it looks kind of cheap, but it's super important to me because early in our podcasting days, my wife, actually during a bills game while our son was sleeping painted this for me oh i love that so cute yeah so i have committed to the fact that 
no matter how big this Bill's Chat podcast gets, it is always going to be in my background because it's important to me. And, and she put a lot of time right. and energy into it. And in a way, like if I'm ever on a podcast and for whatever reason I get nervous or I'm stumbling or I'm just like <laughs> having a stressed out day, I just kind of look up at it and it's like she's looking over my shoulder. And then this uh, Allen and Diggs thing, obviously Buffalo Bills. And then, oh, my pointing. And then there is just a small <laughs> token of the Denver Nuggets. Um, they are another team I love. Obviously, most of the content, all of the content we do is Buffalo Bills. Uh, mm -hmm. But I had to have something with the Denver Nuggets since they are the defending NBA champions. Of course. That's great. And I love that you have that from your wife in there. Having like support from external people doing stuff like this, as you guys know, being content creators, you know, whether it's your family, your friends, your significant other is huge. We put so much time into this and we just want it to be successful. Um, I mean, fortunately, my boyfriend is a Philadelphia Eagles fan, so we do butt heads on time and time again. But he's very open and honest about the show, about what I talk about and things like that. So it's great criticism, not criticism, constructive criticism sometimes, but it is also the best support that you can ever get. So I love the story behind that. Love both of your setups. They look amazing. So had to break that down real quick, but um, let's go ahead into the questions that I've listed out for you. So you have obviously a very extensive podcast. I saw that now you guys are on YouTube, which is great. So, so far, you know, what have been your favorite topic that you've discussed? And it could be recent. I know you guys have been discussing a lot of things. Um, and then also I see that you've, you know, brought on guests like I do, who has been your favorite, favorite one. So as far as topic goes, I'll tell you like, and you probably know this better than us because you've been doing it longer. It's so tempting to hit the high notes, right? Like we could just yep. put out a, a podcast title of Josh Allen is great and it would get <laughs> tons of downloads, right? right. Or, when the bills were rumored to be tied to DeAndre Hopkins, we just put a podcast title, are the bills gonna go nuclear? And that podcast did record numbers. So right. as we've gotten bigger, we try to stick to the main topics, but I will tell you some of the topics that are near and dear to my heart are the ones we did early in this process when we were still kind of feeling our way and you know we were trudging through the the summer months the dead zone of the nfl season it's and tough luca and i would do a, a two-hour podcast on like the most disappointing uh memories of bill's fandom for us and we'd go back and forth and and kind of relive that so i enjoy the draft coverage we did a live mm -hmm. draft show this year that's probably my favorite most recent ones but um as we go on i still think some of those early on episodes where we really kind of got in the weeds of topics and, and talked about it was my favorite ones yeah no, I appreciate that. And, and listen, the summer months are difficult leading into, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish the NFL could be literally eight, nine months out of the year, a little bit more. Uh, they're tough, but you're right. Those are the opportunities. Um, you know, I started this podcast probably at the wrong time, but it was the opportunity to bring on, you know, individuals and talk about certain things that it might not be happening right now. It's not the hottest topic, but you're picking someone's brain, you're finding out details, learning about different fan bases, things like that. So I think it's a really good point. Luca, what about you? Um, yeah, Josh hit the nail on the head, really. A lot of our early stuff, when we really were just kind of figuring out our way, some of those are pretty close to our heart just because it really was just us experimenting with stuff. And then we've really molded it into what we now put out there and stuff. Right. But overall, it, it, what I love the most is honestly, when we then take these leaps, like he mentioned our draft live show, we had never done anything even remotely close to something like that. And we just said, screw it, let's try it out. And then we brought on other kind of Bill's content creators throughout the night and just kind of brought them in, put them away. We have another close friend, Stokes, who kind of was trudging along with us as well throughout that entire process and just gave like raw emotion reactions to not only the Bill's things going on but the entire league and it gave people kind of a fun little peek behind the curtain of who we are as you know football fans not just bills fans and stuff and where we come mm -hmm. from with what with what everything we talk about it's like hey we are bills fans and whatnot and i think at times even with bills fans that you might live in a little bit of a bubble at times and we kind of showed like hey we do like and enjoy the nfl and the league as a whole and football in general right. and like this is kind of who we are as individuals come on in and just enjoy us for about four or four and a half hours, whatever mm -hmm. it was. Um, it was a long time, but that was a lot of fun. And, and kind of, that's what we like to do with our podcast every week. It's, it's you know, hosts or bringing on guests, I should say are nice and stuff like that, but we really do enjoy just kind of like letting people enjoy our thought process. And the yeah. whole idea behind our pod really is it's conversation like with your buddy at the bar. And that's kind of what we make sure we always remember every episode as we put it out. 
Always. That's my mentality as well. When bringing, bringing people on, you know, my previous podcast, it was, it was sitting down and shooting the shit with your best friend. And then even, you know, doing things like this for work, it's like coming on, just having a good conversation for 30 minutes, feeling comfortable, things like that. So I love the mentality and you can hear it through. I love that you brought that up because I was listening to a couple of your things. You guys can really hear it through the two of you that it is, you're just sitting down and talking with your buddy and just kind of, you know, opening up a certain situation within the bills, the draft, things like that. So I love it. And again, it really shines through. So if that's your strategy, you guys are really hitting it there. So good job. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. So funny enough, we actually connected on a tweet that I sent out on John Feliciano because he left the New York Giants. I think that the Giants could have won a game. He totally screwed up for us this season. But you guys came back. The tweet kind of went like a little viral, but that's how we connected. And I love the fact that we connected that way. But what were your thoughts there? I mean, I clearly you had the same sentiment as me around him. <laughs> so I, I, do the, I do the majority <laughs> of our social media. So I was the one that tweeted that out. And John Feliciano is just such an interesting player because when you first meet him, you're like, this guy is awesome. He, okay. he cares. He's super aggressive. Yeah. And I think I know for sure when he was on the Bills, I assume for when he was on the Giants, if somebody had done a late hit on Daniel Jones or Josh Allen, John Feliciano would be the first one over there to start a fight. Like he had his quarterbacks back and it was amazing, brought tons of energy. But the problem is during the course of the game, you're watching him and you're like, but is he good at football? I'm not really sure that he's good at the football thing. Like he's got the cool guy thing down, but the football thing he still needs to work on. And then yeah. there's a pattern now when he left the Raiders, he came to the bills and all he did was trash the Raiders. Then he left the bills and he went to the giants and all he did was trash the bills. He even made a comment about the, I know I'm sure you remember the playoff game with the bills and the chiefs, the famous game, the bills yep. lost in the 13 seconds. And he's like, I think if I would have been out there, we would have won. Okay. Like, the bills scored, <laughs> the bills the brakes, scored two game winning <laughs> touchdowns in the final two minutes and lost because their defense couldn't get a stop on three drives in a row and never right. touched the ball in overtime. I don't think having a mediocre guard would have made no. the difference unless he was going to go hit Patrick Mahomes in the knee. Uh, exactly. But he is a petty person. And when yeah. he gets released from your team, he likes to take shots. And that's where I put out the, uh, the life cycle of John Feliciano. Yeah. It was just, it, it made me laugh too. Cause then I did end up going back into the history. Like you had just laid out with former teams. And I was like, this is literally just on point for him. Like there's, no, mm -hmm. there's nothing there, but it was, it was definitely funny to, to interact that way. Um, but like on that note, obviously we had our first interaction, you know, on social media you know, how do you guys feel about the community you've built thus far via social? Uh, we feel great. I mean, that's the whole thing. I let Josh drive our Twitter primarily, which we have. It's an unbelievable footprint that we have on Twitter at this point. You do point. a great job. I do it's, social media for a living. You do a great job. There you go. <laughs> Props to you, Josh. <laughs> but it, like I knew from an early point that Josh had a really good mind for like, how Twitter works, what you need to right. do to kind of like get your reach out there, but then also still look genuine and authentic. And that's, that's kind of like, again, it's similar to like our podcast. We want to always portray that. And so what Josh does a great job with is always making sure it kind of drives that feeling no mm -hmm. matter what, even at this point where we're, you know, trying to approach 7,000, hopefully by the next preseason game, it's like, we were the exact same way when we only had 200 followers going into the preseason last year. Like we, we were fresh and everything like that. We just try to do what it is. And, and our, our we try to be kind of friendly in the, in the play uh, sandbox. We like to call it like the sandbox and bills mafia is a pretty big one in Twitter, like every other team, yeah. but there's a lot of complexity to it. And we just try to play nice with everyone, you know, not in a way where it seems disingenuous, but like where we can kind of be who we are always, but just not, you know, step on any toes at the same time. And just because we want to be that kind of fan base where it's of uplifting, course. it's not negativity. It's not kind of all this kind of mud throwing around. It's, it's something where you can enjoy the space that is Bill's Twitter and everything like that. And I think Josh primarily, I chime in once in a while. Don't, don't let him fool you. But what Josh primarily does a phenomenal job with making sure that, you know, on Twitter, we have a great outreach and we're always welcoming to any interaction and conversation with anyone that wants it. 
And I'll tell you, Caitlin, it was a struggle for me early on because, and maybe you said you work in social media, so mm -hmm. maybe you have a better grasp of this than I even do. Um, but I would put out a tweet, right, and maybe get 100 replies, and 95 of them would be great, engaging, and hey, this is perfect, and then the five would be negative. Right. And I'd really let myself focus on the five negative, and I've kind of grown through the process, and I know people say, ignore the replies, ignore the replies. I don't really want to ignore the replies because I do think that a lot of our growth that we've had has been the fact that we go into the replies, reply to people. I've mm -hmm. been on the other side. I am a Bills fan. I know how cool it is when you send a tweet to your favorite sports writer and they acknowledge you and write yeah. you back. So even though we're a smaller podcast, if we acknowledge you like, hey, I see you, that's a good point. That, that can make somebody's day. So I've, I think as this has gone on, I've done better personally of being able to compartmentalize, block out the negative negativity and focus on the positive. It's tough and we're human beings. Some days you have a bad day and you're just not wanting to hear from that one contrarian who always shows up in your replies. <laughs> but um, I do my best to try to ignore those. Yeah, and it does take time. So I'm happy that you're kind of finding your mold there. I mean, for me, you know, being this personality within, you know, football has been, you know, a journey for me as well, because a lot of it is positive. You know, I, I don't really have much negative to say with how far I've come being a content, you know, creator within, you know, the NFL and even like, you know, dabbling in college football as well. But there are times where you do something and you send out a post and it does, you know, get a little viral and you see that hate, you see that negativity and you're just like, it could even be one person and you just sit on it and you're like, you mother, you just want to like, I take that person and throw them off a building and it bothers you. But you got to understand that for every one person that said, you know, you're an idiot that take is so stupid. 50 other people were like, you know what? Spot on. I agree with this person. So it really does take time. So again, I appreciate and I'm happy that you're kind of building in that mold a little bit more, but Social media can be an icky place sometimes, but hey, it also is an amazing place. Look at the three of us now connecting um, off of off of social. So um, again, again, can be icky, but also can be really good as well. But uh, we've got some uh, comments over in YouTube. So thank you guys so much for joining us. You got your guides here and Josh and Luca and then shout out to Darius for coming in. Hello, hello. Thank you guys again. If you do have questions, we are live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter right now. So pop them in and I'll get them over because my questions are good, but your guys' questions could be better. So, all right. So we're moving into the 2023 season. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Each of you, who are your three key players for the Bills that need to have a breakout season for your continued success? Because it's been a very successful couple seasons for you guys. So I'll lead it off. Um, and, and I love that you're asking the question kind of breakthrough because naturally that to us, and I know Josh and I share this, it's that rules out your Josh Allen's, your Stefan Diggs, your Von Miller's. They don't need to break through. They just need to continue to be the dominant players They're that good. they are. We right. get it. Right. It's like, okay, so who are the individuals that need to step up and mm -hmm. then break through in order to right. kind of get them to another place? So um, the number one name that always comes to me is Gregory Russo, their edge Hi. presence that they want opposite of Von Miller, but probably are going to be starting the season opposite of Leonard Floyd. But Gregory Russo coming into his third year, it's like, hey, man, we really need you to step it up. Mm -hmm. And mainly in the pass rush game, we, you know, his, his run defending has always been there. He's a big presence and he kind of holds his edge really well, but it's like, we would love to see that uptick as, you know, a pass rusher and get double digit sacks or whatever it is, mm -hmm. especially with early on in the season, Von Miller is most likely not going to be playing, or at least he definitely won't be a hundred percent. So it's like, Hey, we need that next guy to step up and he's the one that hopefully now and in the future can be that edge presence. We need him to be right. So he's the number one guy for sure. I'll be a lot shorter with the other two and stuff. That's I don't want to go crazy here. You're but, good. <laughs> um, the run game is also something that's massively missing for the bills and it always gets brought up all the time. It's, it's an interesting thing because I don't think the run game necessarily is a huge focal point, but at the same time, you want that running back James cook to really step up in year two. Now that he's kind of getting the reins of that backfield, whereas Devin Singletary has gone. So James cook's kind of got right. a big circle around him. It's like, I need the production out of a halfback to be stepped up. And I, I say production because it can be in the passing game yards are yards. I don't care if it's by mm -hmm. being handed the ball or it's in the air. It's like, we just need more production out of that. And the third one, 
kind of, I might be stealing this from Josh a little bit and I do feel bad, but it's that secondary receiver to lean into it. It's not necessarily one individual and I'll let him name specific. So I'll just be really generic. With it. It's like, <laughs> look, we have digs and everyone knows right. digs is the number one option. And we just do not have that second kind of go-to passing option. And it's like, where can we go with that? It was supposed to be Gabe Davis last year. Everyone right. thought that he was going to be a true wide receiver too. It, he wasn't necessarily like awful. It just was disappointing where you hoped him to be at the same time. It's a really conflicting thing within the bills mafia and stuff like that. It's who can be that will Gabe Davis now do that step or maybe someone else. So those are kind of my big three breakthrough kind of players or kind of positions that we really need coming into this year. Yeah. And I think you're, I don't want to say you're in good company because it's not good, but that last point on the wide receiver was secondary a lot of teams really have that breakout one wide receiver. That's your WR one. And they don't really have anyone else. I would go. The Eagles are the best fit in the league where they've got two and it kills me every day. Um, but then I look at a team like the giants, they didn't have a standout one the past two seasons. They had a whole room of them. So maybe that works out in some teams favors. I don't know. They had it all eight get injured last year. Again, might I think we have nine on the roster right now. They might all nine get injured again but you are not the only team seeing that issue where you have your star wide receiver who's number two and if god forbid anything happen you're kind of screwed there so i agree with you that you guys definitely need to see a breakout right there but yeah josh on to you i will just tell you really quickly the giants are in great hands with jalen hyatt he was my wide receiver one yeah. in the entire draft i was saying that all the way up until draft day i love that kid i think he is going to be an absolute home run for them Pardon the pun because he has a home run hitter, but I think he can run the entire route tree. Um, the theme with the Bills, Caitlin, is I think the entire league understands that they have one of the most talented rosters in the sport. Mm -hmm. But the problem is so many of their household names, the Micah Hydes, the Jordan Poyers, the Tredavious White, Stefan Diggs, they're all on the back nine of their career. Um, we really need to see that next wave of talent come through mm -hmm. for this window to extend. And that's where I think Luca and I agree that we need to see some of these recent draft picks come in. He already mentioned Gregory Rousseau. Kyer Elam is a guy they are counting on big time in year number two to kind of lock up that second cornerback spot opposite Tredavious White. I wouldn't say it's going great right now as he's still kind of running more with the second team than the first team in camp. But if they got a big year out of him, that would really help them in the secondary. Uh, Spencer Brown, their starting right tackle is a guy that really had a down year last year. There were some injury issues that prevented him from getting the most out of training camp. He is a top-notch athlete at 10 out of 10 on the RAS score. Uh, but really, there's just times that you watch him and you're like, did he even know the ball was snapped? Because the defender just <laughs> ran right by him. And, um, you know, we really have to find a way to protect Josh Allen because there's just too many times that mm -hmm. you watch the Bills play and it sure seems like he's just pulling them out of a fire because the offensive line couldn't keep him clean. And then I will echo the receiver point. Luca mentioned a great name with Gabe Davis. I'm going to go to our rookie draft, and it seems like it's cheating because it's like a breakthrough for a rookie, but Dalton Kincaid, they – Yeah. I am sure you watched the Bengals game. Well, there is a question on that, so you oh. can address it right here. Dalton Kincaid, how does he fit? So this perfect. is perfect. Okay, yeah. I, I love this. Darius, my guy, just coming through. Okay, so I'll set this up real quick. Like when you watch the Bills and the Bengals in the playoffs, there was a lot of reasons the Bills lost that game. One of which was on one side, you had Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. On the other side, you had uh, Stefan Diggs. And it's like, what's your counterpunch? And the Bills yep. didn't have a counterpunch. And we had to get better weapons around Josh Allen. And all due respect to Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield and Damian Harris, who are all okay players in their own right. Mm -hmm. Dalton Kincaid is the one big swing they took this offseason. So I think he has to matter and has to matter early. To Darius's question, I think Dalton Kincaid is going to be a big part of this offense. And I know that when it comes to rookie tight ends, the concern is you don't see them hit the ground running early on. But I don't think that the Bills are going to have Dalton Kincaid be that true tight end. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're going to be having him be much more of a flex out F tight end where he's much more of a big slot. I think they're going to leave the dirty work to, um, to Dawson Knox where, hey, I'm in line. Is the linebacker blitzing? Do I need to go out for a hot route or am I going to stay in the block? I don't think you want to overload your rookie tight end with that. I think Dalton Kincaid is going to very much be, hey, you're on a route this play. Go out, get open. So far through camp, only two padded practices. We have to keep that in mind. Yep. He has been stealing the show, uh, but I think he's going to be very involved. And the Bills were one of the lowest 12 personnel teams last season. 
already through camp, they've been running 12 personnel more than half the time. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it, everything Josh said is perfect. And even kind of just to wrap it all up and everything you're talking about, like he brought up rookies as well. And I'll just say this, another kind of bounce off of his Spencer Brown point, another guy that maybe is a breakthrough, but it's a cheat since he's a rookie is their mm -hmm. second round pick Osiris Torrance regarded as the best guard in the draft. Somehow he slipped to them into the round two and it's, uh, early reports out of camp. And again, as he pointed out, it's only two padded practices, but early reports really have it where he might be shining a little bit more than they expected. And the offensive line has been average at best, basically as long as Josh Allen's been here. Um, and if they can kind of solidify a little bit more on the right side, whereas the left with Deion Dawkins going to Morse at center has been the strength of it. If all of a sudden you have kind of that phone booth, you know, guard at the right side, all of a sudden with Torrance and you can kind of spread the love with that offensive line and kind of get consistency there. Maybe that helps Spencer Brown at right tackle while also just having a reliable guard in the middle with a lot of the, you know, interior defensive linemen that are starting to take over in the league. It's like, that could be a key guy that breaks through and kind of brings this offensive line up a notch that really a 13 win team last season with now a more kind of competent offensive line seems a little bit scary to the rest of the league, because that's really a big thing that's been holding this bills team back, <laughs> which is crazy to say since they have two 13 win seasons in the past right. two years, <laughs> but it really is the thing. Like they lost to the Jags because they had a mosh posh of, you know, offensive linemen two years ago and it was a disaster. They couldn't even score a touchdown. So that's the big thing where a rookie like Osiris Torrance could be a big, big guy moving forward. Yeah, and rookies can break through. I don't think that's a weird statement. They, you expect them to. I mean, we don't want to expect too too much, but you know, you do. You drafted them, so get them in here, get them to break through, so they definitely can. Um, so last night, so I've been doing this week after week as we go into the 2023 season. I'm putting out my standing predictions plus where I think you guys are going to land win wise over under and everything is based off FanDuel during that current time. So I did the AFC last night. This is the AFC East last night to get ready for our podcast. So if you guys had a chance to review, what are your thoughts with what I predicted? Are you with me? Or are you not with me? Luke and I were talking before the show. I think we agree with, with almost everything you said. Um, I think I'll start with, well, I won, I think, uh, you had dolphins over nine. Mm -hmm. um, that's the one that I would say. So you had dolphins and jets over nine. Or yeah, jets well, I had the jets under jets under nine. So that's the one thing I think I would disagree with. I okay. think both of those teams have the chance to win 10, 11 games. They're very talented rosters. The jets but really, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I need to see another season of yeah. them building out their roster and seeing some sparks of talent. I'm just not ready for a huge jump this season. I think a lot of it will come down to how healthy Brees Hall can be too, because he was, yep. he was such an X factor on their offense. Of course. <clears throat> when, I, when I look at the dolphins, why I think they might be a bigger risk to have a down year than the jets. It's not about mm -hmm. one to one. Can they beat the bills one time? I think both of those teams can beat the bills once or twice this season. It's about mm -hmm. over the course of 17 games, which team can find more ways to win consistently. And while the dolphins have a lot of talent on paper, they are a combustible unit. You look at Tua and his concussion history, Bradley Chubb's a guy that's had a lot of trouble staying healthy. Jalen Ramsey's already going to miss the first three months of the season. Yeah. I know you're a college fan. Jalen Phillips is a guy that had injuries all over his college career. So, so many of these key Miami dolphins players are great when they're out there. Xavier, um, X Howard out there, their other cornerback played with two groin injuries last year. I don't even yeah. know how you do that. That's kudos to him. I don't know how, but, um, yeah, I think the jets <laughs> probably have a chance just, you know, on a day that Rogers is off to lean on the running game, lean on the defense, mm -hmm. right? I think the dolphins are just a little bit more tricky, but I, otherwise I agreed with all your predictions. Yeah, like the Dolphins can spark, but can that spark last for the entire? Yep, I think that's fair. Yeah, and and J Josh and I share it with the Dolphins. It's very interesting, and even on top of it, the question with Tua is he did look kind of not the same at the end of last year. My poor Tua. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. It is what it is, uh, <laughs> but really it's like, was that concussion based or did, you know, was there enough tape out there all of a sudden that they were figuring things out a little bit? So there's, there's right. a question mark there where as the tape is building now with this offense and things going on, can things be figured out over the course of a season? So it makes that mm -hmm. over nine, a little bit more of a risky, I'm a betting individual. So I will say this, the value in your mm -hmm. bills and Patriots picks though, I loved. 
because yeah. the Bills have gone 13, 11, and 13 wins over the course of their last three seasons. They are an over 10 and a half, or they're 10 and a half at the line right now. It seems like it would be silly to not take the over in that instance. They just haven't proven otherwise that they will mm-hmm. not do that. And the only thing it would take that is major injuries, which you should never project in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then the Patriots, kind of where I kind of love getting them at over seven is really the fact that the last time we saw Mac Jones and we saw this Patriots team with a real offensive coordinator, they pushed the Bills into December for the division. They ended up in the sixth seed and then, of course, had the Bills playoff game where Josh Allen pitched a perfect game. So, you know, they were a very good team that year. Then last year, all of a sudden, they had a DC running the offense and a special teams coordinator running the defense. And it just seemed like Bill Belichick was kind of trolling the rest of the league and trying to figure out if he could do something like that. (laughs) It's like, I expect them now with Bill O'Brien and a real offensive coordinator to kind of figure things out a little bit more again on the offensive side and being the win total only at seven over seems like a very, very good option because the defense is still good on the worst day. It's an average defense on the best day. It's, you know, a Bill Belichick defense. So top 10, And it's like, as long as that offense can be at least productive or sustained drives, they should be in every game. Seven seems a little bit low as a win total. So taking that over seven seems like a good bet because even like the Jets, the Jets will walk into Foxborough and it's like they do not have a good track record with that, even with Aaron Rodgers and whatever else. Are they going to be able to do this just historically? So I love both the Bills over 11 and Patriots over seven. The Jets... I, I kind of, it, the Jets are a fascinating one to me. I don't hate taking the other, it's yeah. the contrarian <laughs> kind of deal. And mm-hmm. I don't mind that one bit because the hype can be so much. And I said this, you know, this will be my last point on it. I said this to Josh kind of when we saw that, we we're discussing it real quick. They have an incredibly tough beginning part of the schedule, incredibly difficult. And if they go out slow and they could, there's a chance they could be like, say this is worst case, of course, but like one in five the media will jump on them. They're one and five. And now they really only have two wins or two losses left in their bag as they have to go on a crazy run at the end of the season. Nine is a high number for an unknown where you got to get out the gate strong with an incredibly tough start to your schedule. It's a fascinating line with a fascinating team where you really don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, great points, you know, all around. And it's, you know, I'm not a huge better, but I do try to provide my insights that will help maybe people get some money. But I do, I do always say, don't blame me if nothing good happens. Right. (laughs) I'm not the end all be all there, but, and I'm also literally like dealing with a piece of hair that's not working with me right now. (laughs) So I'm going to keep playing with it until it does. So I have a fun question for you guys. And then I have a little bit more of a serious question for you guys. So my fun question is, you are a part of Bill's Mafia. Have you ever jumped into a table? Have you ever thrown yourself into a table? Or have you ever had one of those disgusting <laughs> mustard ketchup showers? So I'll just take over this conversation. So as we discussed <laughs> early on in this episode, Josh is not from the Buffalo area. So just logistically and things like that, it might be a little bit more difficult or not make as much sense for him to kind of entertain these ideas and are you not allowed to do it i mean you can do it wherever you want it's just you're going to be doing it in your front yard in the middle of southern illinois or wherever that's okay and it's that's fine but that's just not his cup of tea and that's okay um i have been put through tables uh multiple times that is that is my niche when when you when you're at a tailgate when you're doing things (laughs) i i have uh a tendency to kind of look around who i'm tailgating with and i'd be like this table's already halfway broken. Let's just finish it off. Let's finish the job so that it makes it easier to put it in the garbage. And the best way to do that is put a human body through it so that you can finish the job. I have done that numerous times. It's very entertaining. And as long as you know what you're doing, it doesn't hurt whatsoever. You just have to know what you're doing because I've seen it gone <laughs> seen it gone very wrong. Well, how do you get things. it to go up reverse? So, so that's the whole thing. Like most of these tables you're seeing are kind of used and abused and things like that. No one's doing right. a fresh table and they just naturally those start sagging a little bit. And once you notice that you just got to kind of make sure your ribs and like not too hard on the hips is the thing driving <laughs> through the middle and it just breaks like nothing. As long as you can get that, it's good to go. But yeah, I haven't done, I haven't done the uh, ketchup and mustard thing. I have witnessed it with Pinto Ron and everything. I think it's an awesome kind of niche tradition. What I'm is happy- that tradition? Because I feel like this past maybe the past two seasons is when i actually like learn about it i think i've been too interested and too focused on the tables 
Pinto Ron's d- done a lot of interesting things over the years, and he makes every game road and home uh, over the course of all these past seasons. I can't remember where and when it even started, but he brings this uh, brings this vehicle around that he cooks the entire tailgate meal out of the actual engine cabinet. There's a bowling ball you take shots out of, which I have also done. You can take a shot with him out of a bowling ball hole. Disgusting. It's an interesting situation. <laughs> and then he caps off this thing. I, it, there's always a time I can never remember what it is. It's been a it's been a while. It probably the last time I did it was kind of more 2014, 2015. And there were dog days where you had to do these things before the game because the game itself was not going to be good. And right. um, so he yeah, it's like always there. to kind of symbolize whatever time it is towards kickoff. And that's just his finishing thing to enjoy and celebrate with everyone before the game itself. And it's it's a fun thing. I don't know the actual folklore, unfortunately. Um, okay. I've just grown up always seeing it like it's been there yeah. since I was a little kid. So I just knew of it all of these years. And it's just a thing that happens. I know there's probably a folklore to it. Unfortunately, I don't know it off the top of my head. I've never uh, wanted to experience that myself. As you said, it is, it's pretty gross. Uh, yeah. but overall, it's, it's a funny thing. There's a lot of those things. There's a lot of ones that people do not know about that happen all throughout tailgates everywhere. And it's, when you when you can be a part of the it's what makes bills mafia so different i've been tailgating at numerous other cities kansas city tampa bay um a bunch of other ones and there's a lot of fun tailgates of course and a lot of good cooking or whatever but if you come to a bills mafia tailgate there's a lot of little it's it symbolizes the community a lot more than you think and it's a small kind of community feel and there's a lot of crazy uh individual things that happen that are kind of traditions among whatever group it is and, you know, we already established I'm the old guy on this panel when I talked about <laughs> Super Bowl 25 and you were both like, well, I was one day old and I wasn't even alive yet, uh, but I am 40 years old. So I will just tell you, Caitlin, when I when this show is over with and I stand up, I'll probably make two or three noises just getting out of this chair. That's just oh, I do too. That's just the reality of my situation in life. So jumping through a table doesn't appeal to it's me. It's not good. Okay. And ketchup and mustard go on my hot dog, not on my face. I don't understand it. I don't hate it, but I think it's kind of weird. I think you guys should do the ketchup and mustard thing on one of your shows. Oh boy. Are you offering to come on so we can do it on you? Is that what you're saying? No, but someone did ask me if I was going to be jumping through a table uh, on this episode tonight. And no, I am not. If we were live in person, if I was live with you guys, I would totally get that set up and I would definitely jump through a table. But I also feel like I can't. I'm not a part of Bill's Mafia, but I do respect the heck out of your franchise and your fan base. I, you know, everything that you just laid out, Luca, like it just, it, there's so much going on with you guys and there's like you said there's things behind the scenes that no one would ever know unless you went to a tailgate so i love that and i also love too that like this day and age in social media that there still are secrets and there still are things that are not put out there so love it i do respect the heck out of your you know your fan base but all right that was fun So I'm going to get a little serious now. And I knew when I sent this question over, you guys could have either said, great, we'll answer it, or you can go F yourself. Um, So it is no secret that the Bills have come up short over the last couple of seasons. What needs to change if we see that again this season or in the seasons to come? So I think it depends how it ends. Um, the, the 2020 AFC championship game, the, the bills were not fully formed yet. It was Stefan Diggs' first year. They went to Arrowhead and played the chiefs. The chiefs were clearly better. The chiefs blew them out that day, but the bills kind of turtled in that situation. They kicked some fourth and one field goals in the red zone instead of going for the touchdown, mm-hmm. not really reading the room that you're not going to stop Patrick Mahomes. You need to keep up with him. Um, but the disaster that was 13 seconds. So that's two really bad Sean McDermott things, but I will tell you, I think Sean McDermott's an excellent coach. I don't think that unless this team goes like seven and 10, or if if they have a disastrous playoff ending, I don't think Sean McDermott should be on the hot seat. Um, I'm not really sure that this team right now, they have enough talent to win. And quite honestly, this is going to sound like a cop-out and I hate to say this, but I just worry as a Bills fan who's never seen my team win. And again, I'm going to show my age. This could be like the 1990s New York Knicks where we have this great team, but we're just great at the wrong time when the Bulls were great. And maybe that's just what's happening here. I understand we lost to the Bengals or the Bills lost to the Bengals last year, but it's Patrick Mahomes world right now. And we're all just kind of living in it. 
Um, and so I think you can see a situation where the Bills are the second best team in the sport, but oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is there. Uh, the Bills played the best game possible two years ago and they still mm -hmm. lost to Patrick yeah. Mahomes. So I would, I would hesitate against any drastic changes just because they don't get the Lombardi. Uh, but I, I'm also, I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm like, am I ever going to see it? We waited 20 years for Josh Allen since Jim Kelly retired and we're still, we kick close, but not over the hump. Um, but I, I still am sitting in that lane of, I don't think that they need to do drastic changes just yet. Yeah. And, and I think that's well said. I, I think kind of the thing is you want to see little things change. You want to see maybe as what potentially is happening, McDermott took over defensive play calling and that change might seem kind of more significant to some and not significant to others where the message is clear. Like maybe they don't want to sit in Tampa two the whole time. And they actually do want to kind of change up, make exotic looks happen and stuff like that. You still have the same personnel. You still have a lot of the same team in general. You just want to do different things because doing the same thing once again has just not worked when you need it the right. most. So that kind of stuff I'm very okay with. And I think they're already trying. So from there, they have what seems to be a team that can take anyone on any day, of course. So why make these drastic changes? And as Josh said, unless there's some crazy outcome to this season where they just do not even come close to the expectations that are, of course, playoffs and even a playoff run, um, McDermott saves stuff like that. And you just have to yeah. go back to the drawing board and figure it out from there. It's a great point that he's even been kind of pumping on our podcast a little bit where it's like, are we starting to see ourselves in a generation where we are a very, very good team? We're a top five team every year. And just unfortunately, we're living in the, you know, Michael Jordan Bulls era, but we're not the yeah. Bulls themselves. And it's just an unfortunate thing. You need Patrick Mahomes to step away and play baseball for a couple of years <laughs> in order to get through. Finally, it's it's a it's a weird situation to be in. You want to see them break through. They have the team to do it. They have the quarterback that can do it. It's just you kind of just at this point, it becomes you have 90 percent of everything you have and the Chiefs have everything they need. You just need to get that 10 percent luck on your side come that day when you need that game the most. That's really what it comes down to. You just can't kind of fold like they did in the Bengals game and just not have it because of a lot of things that added up on that day. And you just didn't bring your A game anymore. You you need to get it to the point where you're just relying on luck at that point in the ball to bounce your way. Yeah, I love the comparison to the Bulls. I think it makes a lot of sense from an outsider's perspective to where I think the Giants obviously had a great season last year and, you know, we're building upon things. I've been enjoying really good football the last couple of seasons. So while you guys might have not come out on top, the effort's been putting in there. I'm enjoying late in the season games and I'm enjoying the Super Bowl and things like that. So I would love for someone to beat the Chiefs. That is my end all goal in life. I have nothing against them, but I want to see I want to see different different names out there. And I think it's possible. So I truly do think that I'm not going to say any team in the NFL because it's completely inaccurate. I want to say there are about seven or eight teams, though, that can come into this pool and really make a run for it and really, really go up against the Chiefs and potentially. I mean, I, I thought the Eagles would do. I did not want them to do it last year, but so thank goodness. But they could have. They really, really could have. So and if there was one team, it was going to be them to do it. So I think that we are watching a very, very good time in football so for me again as kind of that outsider looking in unless the giants do some cool voodoo shit and get to the super bowl this year who knows hey if the giants and the bills are in the super bowl this year we're coming back on the podcast oh, yeah we'll do a 24 hour live stream we're just the whole thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're streaming every day up until the super bowl oh yeah there you go because we like put it into the atmosphere on today's okay. episode but no I love it. Really, really good insight. You know, I, I love the honesty from the two of you, like in regards to, to everything. Cause I, I think that's a tough question. I am not in your shoes. Um, and I think again, when I put that question down on the outline, I knew it could have gone one of two ways. So I'm happy that you took it and you shared, you know, your honest opinions. And I think they're good. They're valid. It makes a lot of sense what both of you said. So we'll see, we'll see what happens as we inch closer to the 2023 season. But it is my favorite time of the episode, my favorite segment near the end. It is Wine It Out. Obviously, the show is called Third and Wine. So I give my guests the opportunity to whine, quote unquote, or complain about anything that they want to. So 
You guys have the floor. Get it out. Whine it out. Complain about it. Be about anything. Well, okay. So, literally, all like in 11 episodes, my guests have literally done everything from football to the cost of weddings, the cost of buying a house to literally just everything. I kind of want to whine about how much Luca doesn't like preseason football, but I'm not going to do that to him. Oh, you know what? That is a big argument. It, yeah. it is a huge Ugh. thing. So, no, get do well, it. As an do aside, it. that's not going to be my whine. I told Luca earlier, <laughs> preseason football is like pizza. It's not the best pizza, but even average pizza and below average pizza is still an overall good meal. Well, I'm and, from New Jersey, so I'm not going to agree with you on well, that one. He didn't one. agree with it either. Oh, yeah. That was going to be a good Because, one. like, I've had pizza from St. Louis, and it's disgusting. Like, you guys don't oh. really know what you're doing out there. Oh, the so. St. Louis style pizza? Or just like anything, it's like terrible. If you leave like the East Coast, like pizza is mm-hmm. like very questionable. Like you shouldn't eat that. So I get the analogy, but I just I just disagree with it. Got so. a couple of East Coast elitists on this show with me. Um, <laughs> Have you had? <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Um, okay, so I, I talked about how I've been growing on social media as a person, and I've been trying to ignore the negativity, but. I will say, like the, the this is what I'm going to whine about: the contrarians on Twitter that just have to come into your mentions and be like, "To be fair, like you could just say the sky is blue," and they'll be like, "To be fair, I don't understand oh. why people just get online and feel the need to argue." You ever just met that person on Twitter where it's like they could be eaten alive by an alligator in the process of that, and they'd look at you and be like, "Actually, it's a crocodile." I don't understand that kind of existence, and I That's really wish those people here. would just disappear from the world. Um, and that's what I'd like to whine about. If they would just go away, social media would be fantastic. That is like the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, thank the you. alligator and the crocodile thing. Because yes, I literally despise those people, and you can see it. I mean, but that's the beauty of Twitter or whatever it's called X now. Um, it's literally the beautiful, beautiful thing where you can just mute people and say, literally, never get into my life again. So mm-hmm. I've done keywords, I've done people, and it's like they are replying to you, but you can't see it. Other people can see it and they can get annoyed that someone's getting eaten by an alligator. But it's also a crocodile. I've, a I, that's, crocodile. I've, I've never heard that before. And that's literally the best. That's like probably the best explanation of those types of people. It's just you wake up and you're like, I just want to ruin someone's life today by complaining about something. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's I feel it personally with the Giants and with like the whole like Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley thing. And it's listen, it's been going on with every team and every you know giants team as well like for the last 100 years there's always gonna be something but now with social media it's just constant like daniel jones could throw 15 touchdowns in a game but he gets strip sacked and he's the worst quarterback in america never don't even don't even look at him don't even we won the game we won the game too we won we won the super bowl we won the super bowl with 15 touchdowns from daniel jones but in the third quarter he got strip sacked and that's it. Awful. Don't even come at me with that. So it's it's just there are people out there that you're right. They wake up and they're like, let's get to work and let's ruin these people lives. But the beauty of the mute button. So I agree with you on that. That's a definitely big wine it out. <laughs> so so mine's not going to be necessarily sports related, although I would. That's love fine. That. I would love to have a two-hour rant on preseason football and why it's completely useless in the biggest money grab. Oh, my God. I'm going to connect you with, like, two people I know. Uh, and you guys can go run into the fields. And... Preseason, preseason football no. is ridiculous. It's so no, stupid. It's the biggest it's money not, grab in the world. No. It's horrible. Oh, my God. Close, closed door cross practices would be more productive. Like, legitimately. They absolutely would be more can productive. Can we mute his mic? <laughs> so, so are you – okay, no, I'll let you wind it out, but this is my show. So, I want to know, <laughs> are you more against – the fact that the money grab aspect of it, or are you saying that you don't like going to like preseason games? Like you think that's a waste of time. Oh no, I hate it because it's, it only happens in like, they're like, we'll only go down to three games because we still need to have three games. It's a ridiculous thing. When I hear from pro athletes all the time where they're like closed, you gain more out of closed door cross team practices than you do in preseason games. That to me is alone. Like then why aren't we doing that all the time? If it's better for the teams and better for the players. Oh, that's right. Because you need to make money off of TV deals and rights and games and tickets and food and concessions. It's like, Oh, okay. That's why we're doing this still. I got it. 
And then like the Hall of Fame game. I, you know what? This will be my wine. I will take this over. The Hall of Fame game. It's the most ridiculous thing. It's like Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't like the Hall of Fame. He, he might have yeah. even show up. It's like, will he even be there? Who, who knows? And it's like, who cares? Like, who cares? You move this game from Sunday to Thursday because you're trying to make it more entertaining to people. Oh, but then the team is going to be starting Kellen Mond on the one side. It's like, this dude shouldn't even be in the league anymore. Like, what are we doing? Just give me a full game of DTR so at least I can be intrigued at how he is as a pro. I cannot stand preseason and I cannot stand individuals that are so degenerate that they need it to the point of like, they are telling me that it's as good as pizza. Like, it's like, no. And I feel it, attacked. <laughs> I feel this attacked. Is Josh is I not Josh. I, my best man in my wedding who will remain nameless acts like it's a drug he absolutely needs all the time. And he'll remind me, Hey, we're, we're only like six days. It's like, no, I'm more concerned about the English premier league season starting next Friday than I am this damn preseason football that I couldn't give one F about. Thank God. I didn't ask you guys any preseason questions. Oh Holy my God. shit! I cannot stand preseason and I will go to war and die on that bed. I got one for you, Caitlin, for the Do Giants it. fans listening. If maybe if the bills cared a little more about preseason, they would have put more weight into how good Isaiah Hodge looked last year and he'd still be a buffalo bill Ooh, i'm so happy thank Giant. you guys for that thank you yeah yeah you're welcome. very happy and Dave. Very happy. And oh and Crowder. obviously shane thank you thank you very much <laughs> yeah you are fine thanks just kind of yeah or i mean honestly you could thank the uh la chargers for kind of slipping the bag on that one too and just panic oh, hiring yeah. their head coach so that dable was still available for you that yeah. was a real good move and real nice of them as well thank you thank you for everything <laughs> Thank you, yeah. everyone. Anyone who's a part, thank you. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. That is why I asked that question. But I'm curious, what was your non-football one? I was just going to more go into, like, you brought up wedding costs and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. And so what I was going to go with, essentially, realist, like, not to go crazy on this, but being that I got married recently, the amount of time that consumes your life with it, and then every, like, it's all built. Everything you do with a wedding is built everything. And it's, it's crazy. And there's always 20% royalty, you know, fees that they throw on it. And it's like, you don't see any of that. It's not for anything. It's pure margin based, you know, kind of pump on everything you do. And then, then there's like, this is where I really go over the top. Then there's an expected tip. We, we had a vendor who we did not tip because of this, who reached out to that. us about yeah. a tip. It's like, no, that 25% gratuity that you charged us. That is your tip. I don't yeah. care how you see it. That's how we see it because it's, you know, it's after tax and every. It's like, what are you talking about? That is your tip. Yeah. Enjoy it because it was a large chunk of money as it is. Right. 25% is a lot. Oh, it's some of them were insane, <laughs> especially for what the actual cost of whatever it was. It, it was just nuts. So it's like the expectation of tip on top of all of these already ridiculous kind of percent gratuities and stuff insane the wedding the wedding industry is something that i don't know how people get divorced because it's an unbelievably stupid investment in the first place like it's crazy this was actually luca's vows on his wedding day that's yeah. his speech to his wife no i was the one that actually chose the expensive wedding too like, she probably my, was agreeing with my, you my, oh my no, god my wife actually is very kind of i don't, I don't want to call cheap in any negative way i just can't think of a better word Hope she's, she's not watching she, she likes no she's not um she's she's a penny pitcher it's why i love her she's very kind of money driven and focused and i was like no we're paying for this we're doing this like make our life easier on that day which we are both very happy we did certain things but yeah. it's like oh my god the amount of money you got to spend to do stuff is just crazy that is a big big business the place we got married just totally forgot that they're a golf course and just built up a bunch of places for weddings because that's clearly what makes them money and it's it's noticeable it's very very noticeable. yeah well listen you're now my second guest to complain about that so uh, yeah my goal in life is to probably not get married. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to, but I'm going to super cost saver probably at the courthouse. No kidding. Um, but seriously, what I did, I will. Yeah. I mean, and you seem very happy. So I might be following in your footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh my goodness, what a great, great episode. I had so much fun with the both of you, Josh, Luca, the bills chat podcast. So before we sign off here real quick, Please let my audience know where they can find you guys and most importantly, where they can find your podcast, when you guys do, you know, do the pod, when it's released, things like that. Yeah. So we have our live show on built in Buffalo on YouTube every Friday night at 8 PM Eastern. We also upload our audio podcast, which is now in full video form, um, every Monday morning. 
And we have a new YouTube channel now, Bill's Chat Pod, that we would love for you to go check out, like, and subscribe while you're over there. We're really trying to grow that channel up and kind of become a one-stop shop for all of our content. And our guy, Luca, actually has um, expanded his horizons a little bit and been doing some Sabre stuff too over there. So we got some more fun stuff coming this football season. So that's kind of where our focus is right now. But yeah, thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. He did a great job. He, He's, he's the best. That's why he's the main host. I call it like I'm the co-host. He's the main host. He <laughs> he does a very, very good job. But yeah, you know, uh, Bill Chat Pod on YouTube. That's what we're really trying to grow. Our Twitter, of course, Bill Chat Pod as well. Um, we That's where we interact with everyone. If you want to come say hi, you want to interact with us or just see all our silliness and football knowledge that we have to share with the world. That is where you will find us or hockey knowledge as you, uh, Josh portrayed. I do. I mean, Sabres are very close to my heart. It's been hockey's kind of my niche. That's the thing I've always loved the most. Really. I love football and I love the bills and everything, but hockey is always like, I'm a, I've been bragging about it. I'm a now season ticket holder for the Sabres soft flex there. And I'm very, very excited to have that in my bag and to enjoy that all year long. So if you want to listen to anything, Buffalo sports wise, Come follow us at Bill's Chat Pod, both on Twitter and YouTube. We would love to provide all the good content for you. Unless you're a contrarian, then just go away. No, don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't even bother. No. So don't infiltrate my new friend's uh, Twitter feed. <laughs> all right. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode of Third and Wine. I had so much fun talking about all things Bill's Mafia, all things football and everything like that. With that being said... Thank you for joining me on this episode of Third and Wine. It's football, wine all the time, and I'll catch you guys next time.